Ah bah Bah Allô 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 Croc, here's you. Bon, ça doit I mean, what? What? Huh. Gotta mix it up a little sometimes. Boy, it's really early, is why. Yeah, yeah, I guess it is kind of early. Yeah, perma early. Yeah, form of early. Shape of an ice monkey. Oh, man, it's early. Yeah, I'm a little bit whacked out on Ambisol. Is it Keith? Is it Kiefer Sutherland? Sullivan? (laughs) No. No, no. Kiefer Sutherland? It's Keither. Keither. Sutherland. Keith? Keither Keither Sutherland. Keither? Sutherland. Imagine you're a, a, uh, what I know we don't use this word, you're a chav. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or an as. Do we say asbo? What do you call it? That sounds <laughs> that sounds very ableist. Yeah. You say Keitha. 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 Savalin. Keitha. 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 Savalin, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Right. Keith. Boy. Hey, you. Hey. Keitha. Keitha. Savalind. <laughs> we sound like a matched pair of neurological events today. <laughs> I more and more. Yes. Uh, sound like someone who's just having small strokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I like to think of it as uh, it's like my own personal web series of mini episodes. <laughs> I'm, I am saying words now in place of other words as though I don't oh, care. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I don't oh, care whether people oh, around me. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying things Did like. Do you find oh, yourself gesturing w- w- to, to yeah. indicate that, that this is the word you know? Yeah, and just like oh, you guys, you guys, me, you know the word. You know what I mean. Give you me know? that box of poth tarps, <laughs> and and put them in the like, bastic. Say what? Yeah, and yeah, it, yeah, yeah. And it's just because I can't. My mind has decided to not go all the way to to knowing what things are or saying things properly. I, yeah. I, I it's just been re- even more recent. Just recently, I just catch myself just saying, you know, like I do the thing where I, I'm trying to talk to my daughter and i go hey susan i mean uh, oh our, no I mean, no no Mar- you only have Mar- one kid and you're doing that I was, uh, oh no i just i name every woman i know oh title and then and then i get, <laughs> then, I, then i get to her uh-huh. eventually yes. and everybody in the room well, no, she, you know, she's late in the rotation yeah you know yeah. you've known her name less fewer time <laughs> Yeah, I have known her name less for your time. Yeah. It's like I'm throwing a bastic of raspberries in there and hoping to catch uh-huh. the yeah. catch the one. Yeah, because that means you get married next. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. You know, I'm not reaching into the bastic to get a raspberry. No. I'm just throwing the raspberries at the wall and hoping one ends in my mouth. Yes, your Johnny I, Raspberry even, Seed. Even that, even that, what I just said. Oh, I know. What, what kind yeah, of talking I, is this? This is bad talking. I, I, I remember, um, I remember pretty clearly an interest, like when I first learned about aphasias. Uh-huh. I'd never heard of aphasias, and then I heard about the, you know, the two or three, like a couple kinds of aphasias, and it just to this day is so terrifying to me. The idea that like there's one kind of aphasia where like it sounds like everybody else is talking gibberish. Which you know is already kind of how it is for me. But the the one that drives me crazy though is the uh, the one of um, where you think you're making sense, but you're actually speaking gibberish. Yeah, that sounds like half the people in America. 
<laughs> Am I right? <laughs> Those dinglings in Congress. Yeah, got a little bit of political humor Woo! snuck it in you there. Sure, you sure did. You know, it's something for everybody. You're a little politically incorrect. <laughs> yeah, you're, <laughs> you're a regular Will Rogers Waters. Wee! <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to put on some more imbecile. <sighs> I did something to my mouth. I don't know what. Mm. I had some dreams last night. I had memorable dreams. Dreams oh, where I was. Could we do dreams? I had a good dream two nights ago. I would love to. Can we exchange dreams? Yeah, yeah. I was in a. I was in a, a very amazing world. Uh, you know, castles, but you know, like modern Europe, not like fantasy castles, but like modern Europe, except, except kind of. Well, like, uh, a, like a Miyazaki kind of village like what, the, the architecture is up to date or never mind forget it. it's a dream just tell me how it feels yes 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 no go, no go, go. It, it, it wasn't a cartoon it was it was uh i know better than know. to ask questions about dreams it's a dumb thing to do yeah there you go there you go i was just like being in switzerland except it was a little bit like serbia too and i was i was bouncing around i had all these adventures i i had uh there was a there was one of those big slides remember the old slides that you'd get on with a little carpet and go down the slide <laughs> several layers. But it was part of yes, the Grandpa, city. I remember that. It was part of they the would, city infrastructure. What they would do is what they would do is they would take an old, uh, what's it called? What's it called? What's it called? A remnant. A remnant rug. Uh, Ragnarok. <laughs> I love you too. And uh, <laughs> and then I was like, oh yeah, and I and I feel like every city should have one, kind of to get, especially Seattle. It's like and a reverse funicular, yeah. You get you get you get down fast if you've got to, if like you're a law office at the top and you've got a court meeting at the bottom, probably the other way around. <laughs> they give right? you a helmet with like a flashing light on it. You just yeah. ride ride your rug down the middle yeah, of the it's tenderloin. It's like a flying carpet. We've all wanted those. Maybe you, maybe you have to say wee 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 wee. And, you know, there were a lot of people I knew in the dream. It was mostly peaceful. At one point, I climbed up a thing, and I was holding a suitcase, but I was also climbing up a kind of ziggurat, mm -hmm. and I was doing a very good job, a very muscular job of both climbing and holding this suitcase. And I remember even in the dream, as I, as I surmounted the top of the, of the climb, thinking to myself, now, how did I just do that? I mean, like as I was doing it, I lifted myself right. up with one arm, and then that, that I feeling somehow, where you're like, where you go, like, huh, right? Well, but look, even look, then, look it was what like, I'm doing here. I pushed myself up with one arm to a, to standing on my feet, and I thought, even in the moment, you cannot push your you can you can pull yourself up to your waist with your arm, but you couldn't keep pushing yourself all the way up to standing on your feet, especially if your other hand had a suitcase. suitcase the suitcase is part of what really throws it off for me. That, that just cause it changes your balance. You only got yeah. the one hand at this point. Yeah. Uh, and we, I watch, usually, uh, we watch I, once I carry upon a bag time. And usually I don't, I don't usually carry a you suitcase. You carry it in your so hand? That, well, I had the suitcase in my hand. I mean, it was a oh. roller bag. It was like a stewardess bag. Hmm. Anyway, you were saying you wrote. You oh no no no! no. I was, we were watching um, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood last night, and you know Brad Pitt plays a stunt man, and he has to fix the antenna on Leonardo DiCaprio's roof, and he does this weird like this not weird this a beautiful like parkour thing to jump up from ledge to ledge like he's in like a, a 1983 video game like ha ha ha, and he, yeah. he jumps with a tool belt on and a, with a beer in it. And he's able to do that. That's what it kind of reminds me of. I'd love to be able to do that personally. Yeah, I mean, he's a beautiful man. He he is, and it's a it's a really good movie. Now, 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 now I'm always interested in how a dream feels. How did it feel to you? Did, did it feel 
uh, odd, like was scary. What were the feelings? No, it was a kind of it was a kind of dream I wanted to stay in. It wasn't like great things were happening. It's not like I I you know. Uh, n- nothing, nothing momentous. It's not happened. like you were finally appreciated or something. No, <laughs> no, no. In your dreams? No, in my dreams <laughs> that I haven't had yet. <laughs> but no, those. there were like, you know, people I've known, people I haven't seen in a while. People, yeah. you know, it was just sort of a, uh, and it was, it was nice. There was a, there was a kind of, oh, you know, just sort of a flirty vibe in the air where everybody was like friendly and funny. Uh, but it was. Oh, it was, was it kind of like a last day of school feeling? Well, it was like a rainy day in Serbia, and I know I've, mm. I've never been to Serbia, so I don't know what a rainy day in Serbia is like, except for this dream. Well, Montenegro. Yeah, a rainy day in Montenegro. That's mm-hmm. right. And that's I my favorite yet, Scott Walker album. I haven't crashed crashed my my uh, Aston yet. Oh, true. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. That'll happen in Montenegro. Is is that where Paul did it supposedly? Paul. Oh. Paul. My kid has the poster from the White Album on his wall, and I always point out those uh, skeleton arms reaching out to Paul when he's dancing. Oh, that's so scary. It's so scary. Ugh. Yeah, I don't, um, you know, we don't we don't traffic as much in the Beatles around here as we once did. Sometimes you've got to take a rest. Yeah, you know? there might be, It's it, it'll come back. It'll oh, come I'm back. not worried about that, and then we'll eventually move on to Sloan. <clears throat> well, you know, I tried to play the Rolling Stones for my daughter the other day. And I realized... That's why you were thinking it... Hmm. That's why you had a Keith in your head. Well, or a Kiefer. Or Keith. Kefir. A kefir. A kefir, which is I, a kind I listen, of yogurt I listened drink. I to the song uh, Out of Time four times yesterday. Stand in the place where you live. Close. Very, now very close. Baby, 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 you're Don't out of time. Yeah. Uh, oh, 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 you're talking about Out of Time. Yeah, not, I'm talking about Andrew Lou Goldham. Out of Time, Out of Time, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure, <laughs> was that like, was that some unreleased talking heads? <laughs> what was that fever dream? <laughs> uh, hurt, hurt, hurt. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to uh, impress upon my daughter that the yes. Rolling Stones are a great rock band, but unfortunately Ooh. for me, I realized and realize am realizing that the Rolling Stones are more important to me than I want to acknowledge and also <gasps> much more important to me than I can than than I will ever be able to effectively communicate to Especially, a teenager. Especially remember girl. you're not a fan. Exactly. And not really no one wants to hear it. The only people that want to talk about the Rolling Stones at the level I want to talk about them are build uh, Janovich of the of Buffalo yes. Tom. Anybody who's written a book about the Stones might talk to you about it. <laughs> and <laughs> like, and just the other like old. Oh, I know. The, the only people who people want like- to talk are people who've already loved the Rolling Stones for as long as you. And that's a that's it's like World War One veterans. We lose a lot every day. Well, and the thing is, I don't want to talk to them. Not no. only not about the Rolling Stones, but about anything. I don't. Oh, that's a pickle, isn't it? It is. It's like the, it's like they used to say in Alcoholics Anonymous, yeah. where they would say. Look, you can't you can't drink anymore, so you can't hang out with people that drink. Mm-hmm. But people that never drank are insufferable. You can't hang out with them. And yeah. the only people you can really hang it's out like with are It's like going to people, a parents' night out of school. Ugh. The only thing yeah. you can hang out with are the people that uh, that used to drink, but you hate them more than anyone. 
Yeah, and they're so, a little too close to you, aren't they? Oh my god, they're they're yeah. just oh they're so annoying. So I mean, where do you start? Do you, have, do you have a sense of where to start if you're going to begin this this process for your young person? How do you start installing the Rolling Stones? Well, this was the problem. You know, I went right to, I went right to like, well, listen, there's a lot a lot of people who's going to argue this, but Sticky Fingers is the best Rolling Stones record. It's a pretty good record. A lot of people argue. There are people listening right now who just spit milk all over their computer screens hmm. um, because they're like, what? No, there probably aren't because our fans are not that you're just We're just saying words. We might as well be lunatic. like reading out binary code. Yeah, they're, they're you know, they're, nobody cares. If Excel on Main Street was a little shorter, you know, but that's well, a pretty good. Well, you know, that's too. the, you know, there you go. There's a lot on there. You get what There's you get. You don't of, get upset. A lot of great stuff on there. <laughs> and you can use that riff I showed you. The second riff I showed you. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's number one. Then number that's two is. That's a, that's a, that's a tall order. I, boy, I, I'm, I'm a real, I've become a really aggressive cultural maven lately, lately. And oh, nobody, nobody likes it. Nobody likes it. Oh dear. I keep trying to install good culture on people and they're very resistant. They have, everybody's always got their reasons. You well, know? and so, so I'm, you know, the problem is I'm working here with, with some Spotify. No, no, no. Yeah. It's a Spotify, but it's also going through a Sonos. And it's over in the corner of some living room. The whole house hasn't been tuned for high fidelity. There's no, there's no real to real player in this stereo system. And I'm like, listen to this. And I put on Sway, one oh, of the one of the so greatest good. of all songs, That's greatest of all rock and roll songs. Song. And I go, listen to this now. You know, you're going to notice that the vocals are not mixed all the way forward like a lot of the pop music drops out. You know, you hear these days. It's not like it's Ugh. not that's not going to sound like a pink song. It's got a whole and the reason it listen to the claustrophobic and the, the other thing this guitar is being played by this guy who doesn't like that guy. Mm -hmm. And she's just like I, you know <laughs> I mean I already as I'm talk, talking to you about it it's hieroglyphics but you might as well be it, reading her like a office supply catalog. And but there's music playing that is truly moving music but Ah, uh, there's a lot to go through. You have to go through a lot. You have to smoke a lot of pot in your garage, uh, I think, before you have the epiphany that I did, at least, where it was like smoking pot in your garage and listening to this yeah. on a record player that's in the garage yeah. is all of those elements are key to to live a life where you have a record player in the garage is somehow key mm -hmm. to Fully being able to say that's hard to recreate. You know, like this is the best Rolling Stones record. To even have that opinion, do you need to have once had a record player in the garage? Right, right, right. Or, or is are there people now that are like, I've never had a record player, but I. Well, if you were talking about people like like to really understand X Y Z feeling in America, you have to have lived through something like World War II or the Depression. Like, right, you can't just, you know, no, no, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying you can't just mm -hmm. say to somebody like, well, imagine you lived through World War II. And you're like, um, okay. Yep. Now, I, now what? <laughs> I have done it. I have yeah. done it. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, there's that, I was um, listening to uh, my favorite John Vanderslice album, Time Travel is Lonely. Yeah, and is I was thinking like, something I'd never noticed at the time that I really noticed now it was the influence, not not these like lifting from them, but the influence of Neutral Milk Hotel and Spoon, which I know oh, are two yes. bands he loved at the time. Yes. So how do I how do I explain this to somebody? It's I'm in a very similar position how you are. How do I make the child understand 
the kid seen me sit on the couch and cry when Holland 1945 is on, but you know, that's not persuasive. No, no, no. Right. Cause you're, cause daddy sits on the couch and cries about a lot of things. Well, that's daddy's crying couch. That's daddy's crying couch. <laughs> you you well, sit here I, at his pleasure. I, I, uh, I, we were sitting at dinner uh, uh, just just the, the night before or after the Rolling Stones thing. And she said, uh, she said, Dude, what, what was your college degree in? You know, she's always, because it's a confusing jumble of words. It sounds like, it, it's, it's saying comparative history of ideas just sounds like you didn't really go to college. But I said, I, I said, yeah, that was my major, but I minored in Russian literature. And she said, do you speak Russian? And I said, of course, I do not. You would know that if I did. I would be speaking Russian at you constantly. <laughs> and she said, then how can you read Russian literature? And it's a very good question. It is. <clears throat> because, of course, Russian literature is full of allusions and full of little jokes and, and r cockney rhyming slang and all this stuff that if you don't read, <laughs> if you're not reading the it. Names, in, all the names kind of sound the same and it gets a little overwhelming. Well, that, but, but all those names are also illusions. It's like reading Hebrew. You don't, you know, mm. you change, you change one vowel and all of a sudden the word means something else. And so Russian lit is really impossible to read in translation because you just miss half of the jokes because that's so interesting. This person's name sounds like this word, which would be hilarious, but of course it's not, it's, that's not in the translation at all. And it wouldn't even be hilarious. So it just to us. sounds like a lot of very hard consonants smashed together in a long <laughs> word, right? <laughs> well, well, but, but you know, think about how. I mean, when I tried to read, I think it was wasn't Dusty. It was um, Crime and Punishment. Trying to read that, I was just like, I was very overwhelmed by the names. The names, are, you know, absolutely. There are a lot of things to get over. There are a lot of very long. It's like watching Deer Hunter. There's a very long wedding scene. Like oh, there's a I, lot. That should, that should count as three movies. There's a lot to go to get through to read these amazing books and you don't even get a single one of the biblical references because they're, because they were all encoded. Mm. Anyway, I'm, I'm trying to explain this to her who's taking, you know, Duolingo German. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the problem with other languages. You're never going to get the jokes. Uh, you're, you know, the jokes are a whole part of every, you know, to especially, a non-English speaker. Russian, Russian culture. Oh my God. Yeah. But like how many jokes have you and I made already on this show that, that, you know, they well, are I mean, German if you, listeners if you translate like, this, it would sound like Shonen Knife. Like, it, you know what I mean? It would, <laughs> you know, it would, it would, it would really it would sound like, you know what I mean? <laughs> hamburger, hamburger, bang, bang. <laughs> uh, uh -huh. That's, uh, and so, so where'd you land on it? Right. So you're going to listen to books on tape over the Sonos? What are you going to do? Oh, geez. I don't know. I mean, I honestly Maybe don't there's know. there's nothing I'm, to be done. You just got to read the room and figure out, you know, <clears throat> what the uniform of the day is. Yeah, people are going to find their own thing. I mean, right now, of course, she's a teen, so she's starting to tell me things. And I'm starting to go, oh, oh yes, I am also the drip, and I am the drippiest. And she's oh, like, yeah. that's when not you, when how. You go, yeah, you go to the mid or whatever. Yeah, she's yeah. like, that. no, Dad, that's not how it's said. And then, of course, like my father before me and his father before him, Shirley, I go, huh? what? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean I'm not the drippiest? I'm driptastic. And she's like, dad, please stop. And it's a fun game. So wait a minute. I'm daddy and you're baby. What? 
But the, girl, the beginning. please don't do that. Please don't yell, girl, in my house. Please don't do that. Oh, oh, she came back from a camping trip, and we were sitting and talking about something. She was like, bro, let me tell you about that. Oh. And I said, I said, let me stop you right there. Yeah. Do not call me bro under any circumstances. There's a part of me that really wants to start carrying around one red card and one yellow card. And oh I really want to start yield, you know, wielding them both both online and in my home. I, I need to start giving people uh, much more frequent yellow cards. Just so they know her, where they stand. I gave her a yellow card. She, she talks back to her mom. And we were, we were sitting in the living room getting ready or something. And I said, all right, we got to, you know got to get going and she was like i'm getting going and i was like okay but we are actually going and she as she went around the corner she said shut up mm. and i said come back here and she came back you know kind of slowly and i said in your life there are going to there's a limited number of times where you are going to be able to tell me to shut up don't use them up mm -hmm. frivolously like you just did. Mm. You are not, there is not a limitless number of times you can say that to me. And this was not one of those times. So save them for the, and, that, and I'm not telling you how many there are. It's like knowing it's you got money in the bank. It's a good it's feeling. It's a small number. Even though you're not spending the money, it's nice to know it's there. <laughs> and there's only That's so right. many shut ups in your account. Well, because what I'm realizing now as she's becoming a teenager is to say something like, you never can say shut up to me, is to show the weakness, is to, is to say yeah. something that we both know is untrue. <laughs> and as a father- Especially because your, your bees stood up too fast and your pants fell down. Exactly. Don't ever like, <laughs> don't, look, don't, look, don't look at your father. Look somewhere I'm, else. <laughs> You drop your Metamucil all over the floor. <laughs> oh no, my pills! I, I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very conscious now of not saying things to her, where, where it's clear that maybe that's gonna, maybe that'll fly for a little while, but it's, but it, the center. And you can't gotta hold. be careful what the effect. I mean, for myself, I've learned this. Like, I, I know, I knew this when my drama teacher wrote in my yearbook in 1980. Five. Merlin, you know, you're, you're very funny, you're very smart, you have a great sense of humor, try to always use it for good. And she, because wow. she was always trying to low-key, like, tell me, low-key, listen to me, I'm so mid. Yeah, I know, you're like, so use it, use, use your powers for good. Use don't, your powers for good! Don't be unkind to people, and oh, I still absolutely. think about that, because to me now, and I think about that with my kid, because I'm generally, I think, pretty cool with my kid, I have been, but there's times when I've needed to issue a yellow card, I feel like, the problem is, my kid was uh, what one might call sensitive. See, that makes it sound like a weakness, but very like empathetic. Mm -hmm. And so there's one I, I've used perhaps as much as a dozen times ever, 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 which is I look the kid straight in the eyes and you know what I say? Mm -hmm. You can still save this. <laughs> and the problem was that was a little bit too effective. Uh-huh. Because, boy, I think I really, I think I really, the mask slipped with that one. And they saw the, the kid who used to be mean in drama class. Oh. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm getting a little bit like, uh, a little bit Cyrano. Oh, you're, you're telling, <laughs> you can tell me to shut up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Put on these gloves. Get in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually do that. We don't have gloves. No, no, but you can still save this. That's, that's, that's pretty heavy. I, but I like it. I, I mean, of course you do. 
but keep it in your bank. You only get so many of them. You only get so many of them. That's yeah. right. I, I, I definitely feel, I definitely, definitely feel now that I, I, uh, like as I'm losing my grip, as I'm, <laughs> as I'm, I'm clearly no longer really in charge of even my own, I mean, you know, continence. Yeah. Right. As I'm just like, as, as I look out the, the window here and watch the, the old people in track suits walk up and down the street and well, think all to the myself, birds move too fast and yeah, the, the wind what, is wet and it's all do difficult, I get, very difficult. <laughs> the wind is wet. Do you remember when, remember when, remember when we were kids, when used to be drier? Remember yeah. that? Remember that? Remember oh, that everybody wore belts? So, remember it's that? It's so wet now. Oh my God. You so remember true. that jukeboxes? Ah, oh, these kids mm. today. Oi, oi, Gavalt. Mm-hmm. Oi, <laughs> Smear. So, so I've got to keep, you know, I've got to keep my powder dry. Oh, 100%. Especially now, especially now. Because there's going to be times when you when you super need, you know what the thing is here? Okay, here's an example. So, like, uh, I, I just want to say, for the record, we were not a hitting family. No. Um, but, you know, the thing where, like, especially, I'm going to, I'm this is sexist, but little boys, you know, little boys are crazy. You know how oh, crazy? Yeah. They, hit a, oh, crazy. they hit a tree with a stick for an hour and people just yeah. applaud them. Yeah, and, and like they're always the ones like tearing ass into the street to get a ball or to discover a dog or whatever. No and question. you need to, at a certain age, they're in, at that age where they can move around of their own volition, but they haven't acquired the soft skills of like knowing just because there's nothing in the road right now means I can run into it. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid, that would, at least not with my family, I'd be a smack on the butt or like a, you grab them by the scruff a little bit and you're like, you need to, like, you feel like you need to make an impression on them. Not because they broke a rule, but because you want to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that's a, Hand it, on the stove kind of thing. And I, 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 under, I understand why people do that, but I do think you have to be careful. Otherwise, you just become that kind of dad who's like, I hit you because I love you. You just got to be real careful. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously hitting. No, 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 no. no, no. But I'm yeah, sorry, but I'm no, talking no, no, about that whole right. like that whole like that thing that always continues to drive me crazy, John. Where people are like, "Hey, look, my father drank and beat the shit out of me, and look how I turned out." And you're like, "If you think you turned out fine, man, just ask around." Well, but that I think I think I'm I, you know I've been thinking about my dad a lot lately, and realizing that there is no turnout fine. There's not a one of us that did. There's not a one of us that turned out fine. No human being has ever been fine. That's a young person's game to, to go yeah. like, oh, look how I turned out. Well, and also- You're like, not really done turning out yet. It's only, an, <clears throat> it's only a now thing that there's even the idea of a fine, right? Yeah. Uh, up until very, very recently, there was no fine. That was not even a concept. There was, are you surviving? I think we are forget you? that not in, my, in the lives of people who are alive, people used to just drop dead from childhood diseases. Oh my God! People used to drop. Well, they still. I'm. Oh God, they're dropping. No, no, dead. you know what I mean. Oh, I know, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. I know. Florida. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, no. People are drop. People in my own life. You know, you get to be 55, and it's like every day you open up the computer. It's like, oh, oh so I'm, I'm so literally reapplying Ambisol right now. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think, you know, uh, like prior, it's like all those advertisements from the 1930s where a restaurant would would say like, come into our restaurant. Here's a picture of a really overweight guy sitting at a restaurant. Like that was a sign that- <laughs> Look how pleased this place. drawing is. You know, that rich people were fat. And oh, all, absolutely. You know, poor people were, were strong. And the questions were not, are you fine? It was always like, or, or, or are you good? It was like, are you in power? Are you, ape? do you have people that do what you tell them? Like those were- 
there were there was no like are you well are you happy are you nobody ever asked my dad if he was happy until he was 65 years old right 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 and no one ever asked his parents if they were happy and i before that i don't think the concept existed if it's time to wake up and swap the chickens nobody's going to ask you if you're fine no and so but we talk and I, about, I don't know, just to be clear because I, yeah. I imagine there will be at least one person who just went out to get a drink and came back i'm not saying it's a good idea i'm saying that like contra what a lot of people believe today it's okay to talk about the way things used to be and lay it against the way things are now and go isn't that better <laughs> Well, and the thing is, I'm not, I, 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 I definitely am super fed up as you are with opening up the internet and watching this, this wave of self-satisfied Gen X, like we turned 30 when we were t- nine and all are still 30 at 59. It's like, you guys, come on, shut that up. Have some dignity. I understand what you're saying and we never exactly. got our due yeah. and that's fine, but just go gently we into this good night. Yeah, please just be quiet. Like, you're the ones that are going to be restoring. I find that whole generational thing exhausting to begin with. And it's something that younger persons. We do it. We've done it. We've done done, done it. But it's a real big deal. I'm not going to say the names of the generations that are used. But friends of mine who are in their, let's say, 30s. Friends of mine. uh, And people who are younger than that. Boy, they're very tuned into this whole generation thing. And like the whole sort of, you know, white people be talking like this thing about generations. And it's like, wait, so, huh? I mean, how much identity about strangers do you really derive out of what year? Is this your version of some kind of American horoscope? Looking at at the classic car market and realizing that, I mean, there's people are always going to like 60s muscle cars because they're super rad. What's crazy is that all those weird fox body Mustangs that no one even cared about in their time. Oh, mean are, like type twos? Like, no, like the, yeah, the eighties Mustangs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they're like soaring in price because, of all the, because Gen X people That's are starting used to car retire. They give you to go to college. Yeah. But the, these are the ones ugh. that are in their memory as like, Oh, I needed a five Oh because you know, Dr. Dre mentioned it on a, or no, uh, somebody, Mentioned it on that. You talking about one, uh, uh, some uh, guy uh, on that one record? Who's, the, who's the, the one out of Compton? Those who's, who's the fella? Record? Who's the, the fella? With the Bible. He and Lorenzo were rolling in a Benzo. Yeah, um, and so that's watching that and realizing, like, oh, Generation X, they're not going to build train sets. They're going to build. Uh, they're going to build out like <laughs> the the malaise era of like Ford Thunderbirds or whatever. But no, I what. When I say there was no fine, I'm not saying that that was that that was something that made us strong or anything. I'm saying that the idea of fine is thought technology. It's a new it's idea. A, it's a fashion. Yeah. It's not necessarily true. It's just as much a fashion as the it's humors. Not, not were. true as in it doesn't exist or it doesn't make sense. How, how do you mean? Like it, how is it's something that's around now saying, Hey, how are you doing? Are you fine? Like it, what is, what is it that's uh, at odds with what's really well, not, going on? not only that, but the, but it's not just like, are you fine? Am I fine? Oh, you turned out fine because your parents spanked you right, or right, you right. didn't turn mm-hmm. out fine because your parents spanked you. That, that you because didn't I, turn, oh, a, I see that of course i'm sorry yes that fine i was thinking of the fine of like is there like you know the sort of the the way you sort of dote on each other in college and go like are you okay are you drinking enough water and that kind of but you mean too. yeah i know you mean in like fine as in like you passed through the you you made it out of the crucible and now you've come out and you are tempered by life and now you have turned out fine 
but but I think we're now using it. I mean, this is no this is no trenchant observation, but we have all this uh, psychological language, and we're just using it against each other. Oh, that person's sick in this way. That person's sick in this way. The presumption, and then turning on yourself. I'm sick in this way. I'm sick in that way. But my sickness is better than their sickness, or my sickness is worse than their sickness, depending on whether I'm looking for this or that, mm-hmm. you know, that, well, depending on whether right now I want sympathy or, or I want to be righteous. But, you know, my, my stack of, of uh, illnesses di- differs from yours in the following ways. And all the people, our generation, were like, ah, my well, It, it becomes to- like some kind of medical game of Magic the Gathering or something where you're whipping out all these different cards with, like, different powers and go, well, you know, and I'm not going to name any of these things, but you all know what we're talking about, where you go, like, somebody says something to you and you're like, hey, Boy, it's weird how you're always late for everything and go, yeah, well, I'm neurodivergent. You're like, oh, yeah, right. okay, well, I'm, sorry, I wasn't aware of that. I'll change my calendar. I'm going to trump that with this card, right? Mm-hmm. But that none of, it is, none of it's real, right? Th- those are all words that we're using to describe things and people who are in <laughs> certain sciences that, have, uh, that, that will make proclamations about things based on a sample size of 40 people – uh, that all happen to go to the same college. Those science, those sciences write a write a paper in a magazine that has the word science in it, and then it, then the New York Times writes an article. And pretty soon, I see this when I do omnibus with Ken all the time, where I start researching a topic and I realize that there are there's a bibliography of 50 articles about it, and they all have one source. And that and if you look at that one source, it was just a reporter. Did that you did day. you watch Dope Sick by any chance? No, I haven't. Oh, it's awfully good. And it's about, you know, base, it's about um, both what the Sacklers were doing with mm-hmm. OxyContin, but also the fact that they had so heavily targeted, and one of, the, one of the salespeople figures this out, that they were targeting places with lots of uh, d- occupations that lead to injuries that require pain management. Right. And it's, it's really, it's very sad, but it's really well done. Uh, the cast is really great. But one of the critical things with this, and I've watched, now watched two of these um, miniseries about, you know, uh, Sackler family stuff. Uh, and, and there's one of the, 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 the linchpin for this was they were able to, and I'll say it, I won't spoil it for you, able to persuade the, is it the FDA? To basically create this label that had never been created for any other drug before, saying that, that Oxy was uniquely less likely to cause addiction and that it happened in less than 1% of cases, which if, if true would be a really big deal. Long story short, I will spoil this part. If you go all the way back to what they're citing, to what they're citing, 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 if you go all the way to the bottom, it was one, a single one paragraph letter to like JAMA or New England Journal from this doctor who had no idea that his letter was being used as the basis for a very special label on Oxy. Right. And it's everything, almost everything you described. It was under, it was people were, people in ho- in the hospital who were being actively monitored. Do you follow what I mean? That you're like, yeah. yeah, if you actively monitor, like whatever, 40 people who are in the hospital, guess what? They're less likely to get addicted than people who are, are having like entire giant terrines of pills served to them every month. But isn't that kind of what we're talking about here? Where it becomes this it thing is, with telephone but- where you're like, I don't even know how this thing started. It is, except that I'm. I basically feel this way about the entire world, uh, our entire culture that is based on a, a misunderstanding of psychology, a, a, a like popular 
somehow a DSM four fell into the wrong hands, and now every single person walking the streets feels capable of diagnosing people uh, and and themselves. That the internet is just full well. That just tells of, me you have narcissistic personality disorder. Exactly, <clears throat> and and not only that, but that that I mean, and I the reason I I this hit me so hard when my dad died was that realization that I'd spent the last I'd spent my whole adulthood lecturing him on how on what his problems were and how he needed to get better. And well, as like, I like sentences that begin sort of like you just need to dot dot dot. Yeah, or like dad, how can you still be living in this state of resentment um when, you know, here here are your crimes and here are your punishments. And watching <laughs> him die and realizing like, oh my god, he died as he lived. He was a he was a uh he he was an elegant man. Uh, the the whole arc. He didn't need to get better. He was fine. Like, what was I on about? Right. I was uh, talking about myself that whole time, and here he goes, and I'm watching him. And what you know, what, who do, who the hell did I think I was? Right. But just recently, that's such a shameful feeling. Well, you know, except he and I were fine, and well, he deserved myself. Every, yeah, he sure, deserved absolutely. Every he's kick a father. He ever got. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's a father. Yeah, so bring him down. I could have just, I could have just spent the whole time just going "fuck you," and he would have <gasps> said "fuck you," "fuck me," <laughs> "fuck you." <laughs> Fuck! Fuck whom? Fuck! I got a half a guy, half a dozen guys. I'm going to say fuck you to one of that, that guy right there. But no, it's I've been thinking a lot about ADHD, and somebody said a really interesting thing to me because I was sitting and cataloging all the ways in which ADHD has kept me down and kept me from building a media empire and kept me from having a clean house, kept me from the love of a beautiful woman. And this person knew my story a little bit, a little bit well, and said, how do you know that ADHD isn't the reason that you didn't die in any one of those seven car crashes you had between the ages of 16 and 22? Hmm. And I said, huh? And they said, ADHD and the, and the hyper attentiveness that it brings, the, you know, the, the constant scanning of the horizon, the looking at everything that seeing and noticing everything because of this hyper attention. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> how do you know that it didn't absolutely keep you from death's jaws? How would you and know I, one way or the really one way or the other? So like you, you apply this codex about we, you know, Oh, if it's a real diagnosis, we apply that across our life and look for all the instances where it's like, wow, look how hard that was. And this person's saying, well, have you also leavened that with the times that it might have been a, a useful adaptation? In some well, ways? and then, it, and it went, so exactly, it went from there <clears throat> where they were like, how could you describe your career, your entire career, mm. without the the incredible palette of skills that are only available to you as a result of attention deficit and hyperactivity disorder. That's a and tough I went, and very good question. Huh? Huh? Oh, yeah. And they were like, you do not exist without it. There is no John Roderick without attention deficit disorder. Ooh. And so with so to sit and catalog all the ways that it is a handicap seems like a, a real selective bias. Right. And you're not, uh, there is no long winters without it. There is no, there, you're, you know, you, you've got a good life mm -hmm. that you have built entirely on the backs 
of attention deficit disorder and bipolar disorder. For somebody with ADHD, you turned out fine. <clears throat> I mean, my psychiatrist <laughs> says that a lot. He's like, you know, all these problems you seem to have, like, you've turned out pretty fine. And I'm like, I guess. He's like, no, there's no, I guess. I always think of the German soldier in one of the first chapters of Slaughterhouse-Five, and Billy Pilgrim <laughs> says something like, why me? And the German, the German soldier goes, why you? Why anybody? <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> so well, fucking true. But this was one of those moments, one of these th thought technologies that came to me as a as a candle. Oh, that's that. I mean, that's not even fair, boy. That's that's a that's a real that's a real punch to the back of the head. Oof. Well, except I've been walking around holding this cantaloupe for now for three three weeks. Yes. Looking at this cantaloupe like like hmm. uh, yeah. you know like a Yorick skull. Yeah. And I'm like, hold it up, and I go, alas, poor uh, Horatio. Yeah, a poor myriad of... Oh, sorry, uh, I'm sorry. It's Horatio to whom he's speaking. I apologize. Yeah, he's speaking to Horatio. I turned off fine. Yeah, no, you're fine. You're no, absolutely I'm fine. Super fine. No, no, so j jump in with a Shakespeare reference <laughs> that you got wrong. Go okay, ahead, okay. ADHD. Uh, so, Blow it on my hands. Blow it on my hands. Uh. So, so I hold it up and I go... Uh, I, I look at the cantaloupe and I go, alas, poor multitude of diagnoses. Uh... <laughs> What am I meant to do with the with the idea that I'm inextricable from? They're inextricable from me, and also they're all actually advantages. Uh, what, and what, I, what, what did the I, cantaloupe say? Well, and the, the, it the, remains the cantaloupe, a mute. mute. The cantaloupe mute. is mute, mm -hmm. right? As you know. But, but, but it has an expression that says, I think you already know the answer to this. I think it kind of looks like it's winking. Mm, it's going like this. Mm. And, and a lot of this is down to this injury I had on my knee where I went to an orthopedist. And he was a funny guy. He's a funny guy, although he's a guy that he's a doctor. He's, he's like the orthopedist for the Seahawks. He's like a very good doctor and a, and a powerful doctor. Ooh, but he sees some shit. But he's the he's also one of these guys that says, "Well, her and me went to the thing," mm. and you're like, "Wait a minute, her and me? Like that's not even a that's not even like her and I. It's like her and me." But anyway, he's funny guy, and he said, "Look, here's the problem: the there's no other joint in the body like the knee. It's not you can't fix it really. Uh, I work for the Seahawks, and if you could fix a knee." Uh, it's a billion dollar industry. There are mm -hmm. so many people who would pay any amount of money to for, to hear me tell you that you can fix a knee, but you can't. <clears throat> you're born with a certain amount of meniscus and a certain amount of, <laughs> of cartilage. Your problem, Mr. Roderick, is you're all out of knee. You're all out of knee is exactly what he's saying. And so he said, look, I'm a surgeon. If I can fix your knee with, a, with surgery, oh my God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to tell you I can, but maybe I can't. And maybe nobody can. <clears throat> and so the question for you is, uh, what are you going to do if this is your knee? Hmm. And I said, okay, I get you. What you're saying is, what am I going to do if this is my knee? And I walked out of the hospital and I walked down the street and I said, okay, if this is baseline pain now for me, then what we do is we do the thing with you do with the little scale where you just change yeah. the zero and you're like, this is not baseline pain. This is just zero. Now I just zero it out at this recalibrate almost recalibrate. 
And so now you have, you have to figure out your your knee now represents a tear weight that has to be. Oh, sorry, that was an that was a homonym. T a r e. Whoa, sorry, that was. I know knee people don't like knee knee talk, but um, talk. yeah, right. You've got to account for that now in your in your smiley face scale. Yeah, and and <clears throat> I am not going to be there. I cannot afford to not be as mobile as I can be. I cannot sit and go, I've got a fucked up knee, so I can't do that. As long as I can do it. And he, what he was saying, he said the funniest thing. He said, listen, motion is lotion. And I was like, yeah. what? He said, you get, it's you, one of the ironies of the human body. Yeah. Motion is lotion. It hurts. It's fucked up. You got to move it. Well, I know, especially with, I don't know, with stuff like some of the knee stuff, that's not so much muscle stuff. With muscle stuff, I, I've heard that's very true. Annie Lamont tells a great story about when she got her tonsils taken out and it was the most painful thing she'd ever experienced. It was like, doctor, please fill me with drugs. And she said, he said, you're not going to like this, but you need to chew gum because those muscles oh. need to move. Oh, yeah. And then the pain went away forever and that feels like a lesson. It's, it's just one bird after another. Am I right? Bird it's birds bird, all buddy. the way down. <laughs> but, but I'm sitting here holding this cantaloupe in one hand, yes. psychological cantaloupe, mm -hmm. and then I have a doctor sit there and say, well, what if this is your knee? Welcome to the new knee. And I look at the cantaloupe and I go, are you my knee? Yes. I, I look at the butterfly and I say, is this cantaloupe? Is this cantaloupe? Is this anime? And, and I... <laughs> Uh, and I'm so, so for the last couple of weeks, I've been walking around in this kind of charmed state where I've been, because then of course I ate a piece of raspberry pie and it broke my tooth and my tooth fell out. Oh, I got some Ambisol if you need it. <laughs> and so I'm walking around and you know, my daughter has not seen me that many times. As you know, it used to be one of my. It used to be pretty, pretty, uh, apparent. <laughs> there were a couple of years there where I was like, ah, it's too much trouble. But she hasn't seen me a ton without the tooth. And, yeah. you know, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a, one of the two big teeth, one of the front teeth. So I'm walking around, I'm limping Ugh. and I'm missing a tooth and I'm holding a cantaloupe. Yes. And I've got a paddle ball game and a chair mm -hmm. and, and some OptiGrips. He hates these cans. OptiGrips. <laughs> he hates and, these cans. And she's like... What's happening to daddy? Yeah. <laughs> I go I go to school for I go to school for 6 hours. <laughs> I come home and he's got some kind of uh you know Dorian Gray situation going down. Yeah, it's like he's made out of Legos and every time I go to school somebody like remakes him. <laughs> Hit him with the Lego hammer. But you know, and I'm so I'm and I'm I'm holding up this cantaloupe and I'm looking at it and going, "Is this my knee? Mm -hmm. am, is this am, is this my am, is this my knee?" But it has been, it's been very clarifying because I've been walking, basically walking around going, what if there's nothing wrong with me? Wow. That's an existential moment. Right? What if my, my alcoholism and my uh, introversion and my bipolar disorder and my attention deficit disorder and my sleep apnea and my broken body from all of my teenage whimsy and also the fact that I never understood what people mean when they say love. What if all of that is fine mm -hmm. and there's nothing really wrong with me at all? And the, and the drugs I'm taking to manage the bipolar are 
uh, that absolutely makes sense to me, but it's not a description of something wrong. It's just like, hey, yeah. we found a pill that will make you not sometimes drive to Spokane for no reason. I'd be like, yeah, I'll take that pill. And that's what I found. I found a pill that, that makes me just, you know, 10% more reliable. And so I don't know what to do with that information, honestly. Right. I'm walking around. I'm like, hmm. It's, it's, boy, that talk about a, a very deep and thorough, like actual thought technology. Hmm. What if there's nothing wrong with us? Or like, what if there's, I mean, there's a million ways to look at it, but like, what if, what if the things that are quote unquote wrong with me are not something that's addressable and that actually constitute a lot of who I am? Well, but if that's true, then that's what I mean by there is no fine. Yeah. In the sense that if it constitutes who you are, it's, it's got to be great. Like all of the things that make you Merlin. Mm. I, I see this all the time online because I go to all the Merlin sites and read people arguing about you. I wish you wouldn't. And it's really wonderful. It fills my head with joy. Ugh. All the people that are like, well, Merlin is this, Merlin is that. And then there's always somebody that's like, you know, Merlin hates it when people talk about Merlin. And then somebody really else is like, it. you don't even know Merlin. You don't know Merlin as well as oh, I know Merlin. Boy. You don't know how Merlin. shutting all this down? Is there you don't you know how much over? Merlin hates this as much as I know how much Merlin hates this. I don't do it about one, them. One time in 2005, I wrote Merlin an email, and he he yelled at me when he saw me at Comic-Con. Hmm. And I'm, I love it. I love it. I, I read it all. And there's a, there, there, in that universe, there is a school of thought, of, of Merlin thought. Like, let Merlin be Merlin. Oh, Jesus, John. I hate this. Let Merlin Merlin hmm. is basically what it is. Okay. Why would, why would you not? Why would Merlin Merlin... Uh. And you have any comments on Merlin Merlining? Okay. And I'm like, I, mm. I share this feeling. Mm -hmm. let, not let Merlin be Merlin. God made me, sir. I'm just trying to get through the day like everybody else. The thing is, I say, no, it's not Merlin be Merlin. Merlin is Merlin. But let him Merlin. Okay. Yes. Celebrate well, so Merlin. Many, so many parts of speech, and I dislike all of them. <laughs> let, let Merlin Starbucks. Let Merlin Amazon. Yes. Let, let him Merlin, Merlin, Lee Merlin along, Merlin, Merlin. <laughs> You're so drip. You're the drippiest. I know. It's just when I'm goaded for baby. And so me, I mean, I, uh, because I can't, uh, because I can't be reduced to a nickname, right? It's just like, I have to be John Roderick in all things. <laughs> but can John Roderick also be a verb? Can you John Roderick something? I mean, I'm I not going to, I am not going to get involved in this. The last I'm thing I'm going to do on this program is talk about you. That is not a thing I'm going to do on this program. <laughs> Well, and you don't go to the sites, right? You don't go to all the well, all the. Well, because, what would that be in service of? I know, I know. Well, the what thing would is, I, what, you would I, what would I want to do differently tomorrow, knowing what people speculate about me? You look at a cantaloupe and you see a universe. Why would you need a second cantaloupe? Right, right. I right. just want Ned, Ned Beatty's candy wrapper, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. I don't, yeah, I don't I know. Mean, it's the, complicated. You know, the park's closed. <laughs> the, the moose out front should have told you. Oh, sorry, folks. <laughs> <laughs> okay see what i'm saying uh i, guess. I, mean, I think you do yeah yeah no but, I, I i i do i i think it's weird that people talk about other people and i, I like i never talk about other people i really well, go I, out of my way not to talk about other people and people who really deserve to be talked about but i don't do it because i think it's unseemly well i know but you're very everybody be from ohio you're very fascinating as uh, this happens a lot it stop happens a lot. noticing no, me super 
So, some people are super fascinating. Okay. All right. All right. You know, and you're like, go, you're out going through the, mm-hmm. you're a body meets a body coming through the rye, but you're both bodies and the rye. Huh. You've never seen so many phonies in your whole life. <laughs> you see what I mean? Yeah. I like the call it. is coming from inside the house, except you oh, are Oh, it the absolutely house. is. All that David and Copperfield crap. I, I know. I know that you don't like to gossip. Oh my god! There's a there's a whole this. school. You know, when I was when I was in rock and roll, I used yes. to have this problem all the time because I would meet people from Texas in rock and roll, and realize that the fact that they were from Texas trumped that they were in rock and roll. Rock and roll is a very gossipy universe. It's hmm. full of gossip, and Texas is very culturally opposed to gossip. I mean, they gossip, but they do it in a Texas way that it that to the rest of us seems like it's anti-gossip, and it's a real problem because you want to you, you get you, you're you're in L.A. Everybody's gossiping. You're in New York. Everybody's gossiping. You get to Texas. You want to share the gossip, the latest gossip. Hey, yes. did you hear about so and so? Did you hear about so and so? Text the goss. Bring it on. Guess what? Guess what? So and so said so and so about so and so, and then oh. this one's over here. And the thing is, rock and roll gossip is extremely interesting because people are really, really, really on when drugs. You go out and you tour when one tours, it, yes. it must get a little wild. Oh, yes. Like not, not no, no, I don't necessarily mean in like a Led Zeppelin hotel window way, but in like it's just like. You know, it's funny. I was looking at pictures from booty shots. You remember the Pirates booty photos? I and, do. and thinking about like, you know, looking at you, Travis Morrison, and like like all these different people. And it's like, man, these people just their whole life is like that that loadout song. Like just going from one thing to another and everybody's got expectations of you. And like it must just get so strange. And I, I could really see becoming maybe just in the early days, but for me almost always, I would feel very unmoored from a sense of self a lot of the time. And that seems like that would lead to a lot of good gossip. Well, yeah, and you know, you're... You make odd decisions, you know? You're constantly compared in rock music. Yeah, Because every show that you play, somebody is going to say, well, I just saw Travis Morrison the night before, and it was better or worse than this show that I just saw. That's and, me and Elliot Smith. I saw him one day by himself at Amoeba, and I've seen him a few times, but one day by himself at Amoeba, and which is still there, by the way, and the next day with a small band at Great American. And it's not like the Amoeba show was the greatest thing I've ever seen, but the, you know, the, the show with the band was sad. Like, yeah. it was a man in decline. So there's going to be those kinds of things. Like, I'm telling you right now, which show was better? Yeah. You know what I mean? Which tour was better? Which, oh, I really like the opening act better. Right. Or, or, like, I mean, I remember very distinctly reading those reviews that were like, I really love the new Long Winter's record until I hit, heard the new Fruit Bats record. Oh, see, like, that, that's, that's, that's not cricket, man. But you're also, people are coming up to you and saying, oh, man, I saw Ted Leo last night and your show blew him out the water. And I'm like, well, first of all, I know that's probably not true, but also thanks. His audiences are manic. Well, yeah. His audiences a, are upsetting. He's post-hardcore. He's never. He's mm. always going to be more exciting than me. I mean, my show is only more exciting he's if you He's got that drum are, Chris. That guy's really good. Well, the whole band is great. They are great. Uh, you're, you're only going to find my show more exciting if you're prepared to go on the emotional journey with me, which I would expect you would not be, or I would not recommend that you do. 
But then the problem is the following night, Ted Leo and I are standing next to each other. Oh, I get it. You know what? Watching I heard. a third band. Yeah. Well, no, you can't do that. You can't say, hey, guess what? Some rando said that my show is more exciting than yours, mm-hmm. but it's in your mind. Sure. And then you're, you guys are watching, you're standing there together watching uh, the drive-by truckers. And you're like, well, these guys have more people at their concert than either of us put, or than both of us put together. Yeah. And uh, and he's an amazing guy. Like I I love to I love that guy to death. I wish him only the best. Oh wait a minute, Drive By Truckers. Uh, wait, drive no, by truckers. Drive By Truckers. That Sean likes them. That's that country ish. I'm confusing them with um, Granddaddy. Okay, never mind. Yeah, okay. yeah, and uh, you know Granddaddy is. Oh my God, they're great. Yeah, they're great, but they, you know they're sadder, they're weirder. They sound like Alan truckers. Parsons in a way I find hard to describe. See, no, I just described them. See, I like that. I know. But, you think I'm complaining? I listen. They're on my Elephant Six and related bands list that I'm constantly uh, pimping to people. I think and, that's the right place to put them too. That one, you know. Don't now it's on that one. Man. I struck up a very ever... minor relationship with their drummer at Noise Pop, oh. and we corresponded briefly, Aaron, and he was mm. extremely nice, and he's a really good drummer. Noise Pop, the, it, first of all, the only time the Long Winters were ever invited to play Noise Pop, which is to say zero times, Ooh. but one time we played a Noise Pop adjacent show during Noise Pop, a show that was there, and it was Noise Pop, but we were not on the poster <laughs> and right. it was playing with Jason Lytle. Yeah. Of, yeah. 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 The guy with the hat. Granddaddy. Yeah. And he was playing solo and it was at a time when, you know, we were playing as a full band, but opening for a guy with an acoustic guitar. And that's always, yeah. that always feels like a little bit of stomp on the toes. Like, Hey, you guys got enough uh, with all five of you and all your amps. You got enough to support this, this guy who's playing the harmonica by himself. <laughs> Only the harmonic. But that gossip thing. It's you, the, the way you're describing it is it's unavoidable. It's, it's well, almost it's like a, talking about the weather it's for, the whole, in your business. Because the whole thing boils down to how many records did you sell? Yeah. And how many records did yeah. they sell? And, and they sold enough records to have a career, and you didn't sell enough records to have a career. And there's a line. Where on one side of it you have a career and on the other side you don't, and some, you know it's separated by fifty records in some cases. Right. Where it's it, like it's not oh. it's not purely an issue of vanity at all. It's a and I remember you talking about this in the run up to records coming out. It's like there's a there peep, somebody the way I felt like this. You tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like the way you described it, everybody including you and your label have kind of a number in mind for mm-hmm. week one, and <laughs> if it's shy of that number, one tends to be kind of bummed out. You hear all the stories of bands who. If we don't hit fifteen thousand this week, it's going to be bad their, or whatever. Yeah, their their record came out. The first week sales were disappointing, and the label stopped supporting the band. Yeah, speaking of Travis Morrison, not that I'm mad. Yeah, right. But, but you know, that's what happened that. to Harvey Danger. It happened yeah, to a lot. Of, yeah, yeah. You know, that's such a where good it's record just like, too. Oh, yeah. they got dropped. <clears throat> but you go to Texas, and they have that whole like, <laughs> well, we don't talk about other people. <laughs> we don't gossip about musicians here in Texas. And it's like, well, wait the fucking minute. You guys are also trying to sell records. Yep, but that's, a, you know, reckon so. And it's not Colin Malloy's Montana, like, I think it's very gauche to talk about record sales. Mm-hmm. Thank you. No, it's, a, it's that other thing where it's like, well, if you don't, if you ain't got a thing where you need to say it, why would you even say it? I like, think that's a good way to, what? that's a good, that's, I don't follow it, but that's a good way to conduct yourself. Is it, I forget who said this, and it's definitely not me that originated this, but somebody saying like, oh, you know what it was? I think it was fucking Queen Elizabeth said this. 
uh-huh. the crown. Like, does this need to be oh, said in, in the crown in her in her docudrama in her docudrama that a lot of people say isn't all that true? But the, but whoever said this, did, without regard to who said it, three things: um, w- does this need to be said? Does this need to be said by me? And does this need to be said by me right now? And I think there's worse ways to think about how to conduct yourself. I agree for other people. I do too. But I... I think they could really benefit from that. I, I don't follow any of those. <laughs> me neither. I, I, I say all the things, and the, le- the less they need to be said, the more likely it is I'll say them. Yeah. About, about every goddamn thing. And I, I don't know... You know, I am as God made me, sir. Yes. Twisted this was fruit. not a thing I chose. No. It's the life that chose you. As Jay Z says, I, I was at a I was at a baseball You're raised in game. the projects, roaches and rats. In the projects, <laughs> that's right. I was at a baseball game with uh, with uh, television's George Meyer yesterday. Uh-huh. Oh, and we're looking out. Yeah, please tell him I said hi. I will. We were looking out at the baseball field, and he said, "What do you think it is about you where you can just get up and and improvise in front of an audience?" But I, but to me, it feels like a nightmare. <laughs> That's such a good question, and I and I said, well, I have no idea. It involves ADHD. It's, it's absolutely true that if you gave me a microphone and pushed me out on the pitcher's mound right now, with the baseball teams on the field, yeah, pushed me out there so that they were like, what the who the fuck are you and why are you out here? He gave me a microphone and said, they dropped you down like a Cirque du Soleil type situation. <laughs> yeah, drop me down right on with a parachute, and there and and you're now performing for forty thousand people, and you have all you have to do is stay out there for five minutes and get one laugh, and I would be like, do it, do it, let's oh, do it. Absolutely, because you know one thing that is that's a fucking guaranteed dopamine surge, and you'll oh. be fine. Oh, I would be so happy. Oh, I would like, be, I'd be tripping balls on dopamine. Please throw said, me in the throw me in the briar patch. He said, "You know, there are three thirty-nine thousand and and uh, nine hundred and fifty people here who would consider that the worst nightmare, but somehow there's like fifty of you super broken people that are like, get yeah. me out on that mound and give me my five and I, minutes.' I want to distinguish that from extroversion because I think those are different things. Totally but different. but the thing is that, that one of the things with AD, well, who cares? Who cares? But <laughs> but maybe they can give you one of those keyboards that plays the, that sound. You like lift up the cantaloupe, yeah. lift up the cantaloupe, and say what say what you were about to say." Well, I'm going to say one thing about me, and I I don't want to, I hate to get serious, but I was in many ways a pretty lonely kid, and I was kind of an odd, I mean, I think everybody feels lonely, everybody feels odd, and that's that's okay, but like, here's what I'll tell you about that, regardless of whether that was earned, deserved, smart or not, man, there there were times in my life, I'm very ashamed to say, when I would throw anybody under the bus to be liked by somebody. I would, like, maybe especially in like late not in so much elementary school, but definitely junior high. Like I would, I would say the the cruelest things about people and the funniest, cruelest thing I could think of. Because if it made somebody more popular laugh, maybe they'd let me hang around a few more minutes. And I, I hate. I, in retrospect, I really hate that about myself that, that I did that. Because guess what? I also suffered from that, like everybody did. So I'm not trying to cover myself in glory. I'm just trying to say that, like, I, I think that that med- and, and so why am I saying that? Uh, no one asked. I'm saying that because gossip is a form of that. Except you're a nominal adult when you do it. You're taking down other people and you're putting, you're binning them. You're taking other people and trying to put them into some kind of fucking drawer that suits how you see the world and ultimately makes you look better and you get to be, you get to try them in absentia and say shit about them. You hope they never ever hear word for word that you said. So part of it is just practical. Like I think it's a bad idea to gossip about people, but also part of it is like, I'm still 
I'm still offering the world an amends for the times I was unnecessary, unnecessarily cruel to somebody because they were poor or because they were strange or because they didn't read very well. If I could score a point off of them, boy, that's a point for me and not for them. And I, I'll spend the rest of my life feel like, uh, that, and again, as somebody who suffered from that very directly as a weird kid, this is what we do. I know it's not Lord of the Flies exactly, but there is that thing of like, hey, it's all against all in some situations. And you'll do one, me, I'll do, I would do anything I could to like have somebody want to hang out with me on the weekend. And it's, it's so sad and it's so unkind. And then when I see other people doing it for what I see to be a somewhat similar purpose, because we learned this, you know, what happens in, uh, in my environmental ethics class, they talked about some of the problems with Genesis and the idea that like, once we get to name all the animals, they kind of belong to us. And I think we do that when we tell others what's wrong with somebody or how they are, or we zoom way in to highlight somebody else's perceived afflictions. It just makes me very uncomfortable and, like, I, I, I think this is probably the first time I've ever said that. I, I hope it'll be okay that I've said that. That's why I don't do it. I think it's, I think it's unseemly. Mm-hmm. Well, That's why you, I'm not in rock and roll. You use your powers for good now. Can I tell you about my dream? I, I definitely want to hear about your dream. Yeah, I know, because I typed it up as soon as I woke up and sent it to Syracuse. This is Friday night. And this is one of those dreams. I have a lot of dreams. I dream about airports. I dream about airplanes. I dream about Las Vegas. I dream about my family living in a hovel. Um, and, and this one, this is one of the common ones, which is going back to an old job. So I go back to my job from the nineties, except it's me now. And of course, some of the same people were there. Anyway, long story short, um, I have a desk that actually ha- has a window. You look outside the window and you see a giant, like dilapidated falling down building for religious materials. And it's called the ministry of ministry. And even in the dream, I thought that's kind of a clever name. The Ministry of Ministry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I was introduced to the, to the admin. They said, this is the admin. And the thing was, the admin was very obviously like speed era Sandra Bullock. And, and nobody was acknowledging that, which was kind of strange. So I extended my hand and I said, hello, person. It's, it's nice to meet you. And, and like some kind of a, a slightly concerned forest creature, she, she grasped my hand by the fingers, pulled it up to her face, and, and scratched her nose with one what of my What kind of forest creature? Oh, like a fawn. Or a uh, or a Horatio, uh huh, uh huh, or a, or a Yorick. So she scraped. She did. She did this with with, uh, with with my knuckle. And then I went over. And I, Fred Willard was over by the big board, and I went over Fred and Willard. met him. Yeah, and he didn't remember the time we met at Sizzler. Uh huh. Then I woke up and I, I texted John Syracuse. But uh, I wasn't <clears> gossiping <throat> about anybody, and it wasn't a sex thing. You know, John, it wasn't a John sex Syracuse thing. does not seem like somebody who would be interested in hearing about your dreams. He's Am not, I wrong? He hates it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so you. Text <laughs> I didn't say I'm perfect. <laughs> see, if you if you texted me about it, we uh-huh. would then talk about it pr- probably. But he, you're just antagonizing him. I wouldn't say that. You're doing you're doing the thing where you're what like me where we where we talk about evolution. Just because we know he's listening in. Right, because he, he, he knows a lot about natural selection and evolution and how quickly it can happen, really, even in the summer <laughs> afternoon, you know? I feel like your introduction of me to John Syracuse was all just a way to to antagonize him further. Like you, he's like a brother that you are constantly See, poking. That, that, you, that's probably something I need to hear. I need to hear that because I hadn't thought of that. By saying, oh, you need to, you need to talk to John Roderick. 
you were just trying to make him. Well, you guys are like, there's, there should squirm. be some Bocanonis name. It's not a caress. It's probably not even a grand floon. But you guys definitely participate in some kind of system where you don't realize you're, you're either working for or against the same thing. You don't know that. And you're going to need to work that out. Not my, not my circus, not my monkeys. Right, sure, sure, Just sure. Just get on the horn with Squidward and work it out. But you think it's like one of those statues in Washington, D.C., where there's two uh, rhinoceroses holding up a globe? Yes. And, and one of them is wearing shoes, and one of them, uh, you know, has glasses or something like that? Where is like that? Is there a place I could see? That yeah, it's amazing. in front of the... St- <laughs> oh, it's in, in one of the, the museums. Probably near one of the museums. Oh, no, no. It's part of the architecture. It's like holding up the, uh, uh, the Department of Commerce out front, you know. Oh, uh, le- like, legally, probably. Yeah, it's big. It's big. If it it's, took out the rhinoceri you know, with the with the shoes and whatnot, the whole the, the whole economy would would turn to NFTs. Each one of the rhinoceroses represents one of the continents. Mm-hmm. So there's like a, just there's one a, lies and one tells the truth. Yeah, there's eleven rhinoceroses for okay. all the continents, and uh, because and they're, they're all eleven, wearing, yeah, exactly. And they're all wearing different uh, items of clothing, but they represent the the humors. Uh, oh, which I, I see. Which it's kind of like it's a small already. world with an armored creature. Right, and the problem is that that the Tirkusa uh, is is over here, and I'm over there, and we we each think we're you know yes we each think like you're oh, both I'm, holding up something, but you don't know what. It's like the man yes. and the elephant problem. Yes, exactly. We have the we have the whole world on our shoulder, but we don't realize there are, there are nine other rhinoceroses also holding. Do, do it you guys up. talk about me? Uh, me and John. Yeah. No, the only <clears throat> the only um. The only times that we communicate directly to one another is when I text him and say, what kind of file is this? Oh, you, you, text, says, you text him about your exec, your Unix exec file? He says, he says you need <laughs> a, that's, that's Unix and you need a, no, he, <laughs> did the other he day say add a fix like I did? I said, no, no, I you didn't. You need to know the file him. type. I said, uh, the last time I talked to him, I said, oh yeah, I, I, uh, that computer that you helped me buy, I never took it out of the box. And he said, well, it's obsolete now. And and I, I said, stop well, devolving. Well, you know, stop devolving days ago. I'm still using this uh, laptop from 2014, and he like rolled his eyes to death. Ugh. And then he resurrected himself long enough to tell me that that was a bad idea. And and I said, well, what should I get? And he said, you know, there's not enough bandwidth on your phone. No, to- no, no, no. That's the thing. It's just like asking him to pronounce his name. He will not. He withholds. Not only does he withhold <laughs> praise and affection, he withholds, he leads you right up to the point of like, well, it's not this, it's not this, it's not this. And you say, well, John, then what is it? And you go like, I can't really answer that. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Ah, quit. Beetlejuice.